And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is your good friend Jimbo back again. Uh, only did one episode last week. Had some family obligations to deal with, but we're back this week. Well, I'm back t- today. Uh, most likely will be me tomorrow. I'm trying to get a special guest, hopefully tomorrow. But... A lot to talk about. We have the the playoffs hockey, which we'll probably talk about tomorrow. But because we always do Thursdays as our our fight week uh, episode, you know, for all you uh, MMA boxing fans out there, I'm gonna recap the the bare knuckle fighting pay per view. Even though it was two weeks ago, it was such a great pay per view that you still have to talk about it two weeks later. I mean, some of the fights that came out of there were just awesome just very very entertaining probably one of the best uh pay-per-views i've seen in a long time uh and definitely probably the best that they put on so far uh so we're gonna touch on that we're gonna touch on a lot of ufc stuff yeah the dustin poirier winning the interim title over max holloway this past weekend we have another fight night coming up saturday so much to talk about but before we get into the show, head over to Twitter, follow me at JimboST Sports, follow show at ST Sports Podcast. Don't follow shoulders at shoulders underscore bro. Or bra. Bro bra. Something like that. Uh, he's been and also, oh, he's been helping out a lot with the, the YouTube channel, uh, trying to get subscribers. So head over to YouTube as well and subscribe to it. I'm slowly putting some of the the past episodes that we've had onto there as well. So if it's easier for you guys to get onto YouTube, you know, before you know it, you're going to be able to listen to all the past shows as well. Um, As far as where you could hear us other than YouTube, you could go to iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, you know, we tell you every week, all the, the major ones out there, even Stitcher and Spreaker, I think we're on all as well. So, you can find us pretty much anywhere um, to, to listen to us. So, jumping right into it, BKFC 5 was two weeks ago, and let me tell you, going into it, I... I thought it was going to be a entertaining peer-view and boy did it deliver um there was a lot of storylines leading up to it a lot of new signees uh, uh debuting a new title fight uh between um christian Fourier uh and Britton hart for the american women's featherweight title which was slightly confusing to me, but I did a little bit of investigating, and I'll kind of clarify that with the whole Beck Rongs belt. He has a heavyweights, he had two uh, lightweight tournament semifinal matches, and you had the the president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 
How did I have to step in and take some money away from a fighter? But getting into it, you know, the the fight card started off with Harris Stevenson versus Caleb Harris. You know, for an op- opening fight, definitely entertaining. Uh, ended up in a split decision for Harris Stevenson. From what I remember, it was kind of back and forth. Uh, you know, filling out process, typical filling out process in the, in the first round. For both fighters, you know, the jab, stuff like that. But Harris Stevenson pulled out the, the win uh, with a split decision. Then it came on to Johnny Bedford versus Abdel Velasquez in a lightweight tournament semifinal, which Johnny Bedford is a former UFC fighter um, and Bellator, I believe, also. And going into it, I stated uh, three weeks ago leading up to the pay-per-view that I had Bedford because he has power, he's quick, he has some good defense, and how this fight went down was the first round, uh, he, he he was doing more trash-talking than actually connecting with, with punches and stuff like that. And Velasquez, I think I gave Velasquez the first round because he was seemed like he was pressuring more, seemed like he was connecting a little bit more, whereas Bedford was trying to kind of goat him into being lazy and and trying to connect second round came and so did the third and Bedford came on and uh, ended up knocking him down a couple times knocking Velasquez down a couple times and to the point where Velasquez verbally you know said you know I'm done I can't I can't go on and you know it, it was a good fight it was an entertaining fight but by the time you know halfway through the second started you could see Velasquez was losing his, his not to say his game plan but couldn't figure out how to how to connect on Bedford he was just too quick for him and, and the punches that Bedford was connecting with was taking the toll on Velasquez and you know you know maybe Velasquez had that uh live to fight another day type thinking there so Bedford moved on to the lightweight final who he will be facing Reggie Barnett which we will get to that fight uh, in a few few minutes here after Bedford it came to Isaac Valley flag versus Randy Hedrick which I think it was a, a heavyweight because they were kind of bigger guys flag looked like a dude that you would meet at the the corner bar down the street you know not the sexiest looking guy, very flabby. Kind of looks like me on a Saturday when I'm drinking and stuff like that. But he ended up defeating Randy Hedrick via TKO in the round, uh, third round. And with this one, Randy Hedrick actually broke his hand. He This was another match where he told the ref he just couldn't go on. Um, when he got knocked down... Obviously, you know, he was hurt a little bit, but he was hurt. He, he he recovered enough that he could stand up. He could see he was more worried about his hand. He looked at the ref, told the ref, I'm pretty sure I broke my hand. And the ref did the right thing of stopping the fight. 
giving Flag the the win. Now, same thing with this fight. It looked like the first round, Hedrick kind of found his range was, was connecting a little bit, and Flag was a, a here and there type, you know, hitting with the punches. Um, and it, it was it was still a good fight, you know. I I know a lot of fans out there don't like the little quote unquote patty cake. Uh, fielding out process, which UFC, MMA, boxing, all that stuff, it, it's a chess match. You gotta think about what your opponent might be doing next, and, and that's why they, they do the the jabs to get the range. But unfortunately for Hedrick, you know, he broke his hand, flag started to connect in the, the second, and obviously the third round put Hedrick down got to the point where Hedrick quit uh, verbally saying that he can't go on. Then came a fight that I thought would be one of the most entertaining ones on this uh, pay-per-view. Reggie Barnett versus Rusty Crowder in a lightweight semifinal match. Reggie Barnett, very good boxer. Um, very quick. Rusty Crowder obviously had to do something good to get to the semifinals. And all he did was run. He put his running shoes on like Forrest Gump did and ran across America. That's all he freaking did. And it was getting aggravated. You could see Reggie Bardin was getting aggravated with it. But for how much Rusty Crowder was running, Barnett was still landing some punches. You know, he was cutting off the ring enough to gain control, you know, of the rounds. He was the aggressor with connecting with the punches. And ultimately, this went to a decision, which went to Reggie Barnett. Um, Even after the fight was over, they interviewed Reggie, and he even said, you know, it was hard to do the game plan because all he, all Rusty Crowder did was run. And you know, if I, for seeing how much he ran, if I was a uh, bare knuckle fighting championship, I'd release this guy. Like, you're in the, you're in a combat sport, not just bare knuckle, not just MMA. You're in a combat sport. I understand you want to be a counter puncher, but. When you're constantly backpedaling, he, he literally was throwing like one punch and it would do two laps around the ring before he throws another punch. Now, these are two, three minute rounds. How are you like, how are you going to win? You, you, you're looking like the, the person on the on the defense. So obviously the, the other guy, even if he doesn't land any punches, is going to get points for being the aggressor. You know, so I don't understand what his thinking was here. And ended up losing it, losing the match by decision. Reggie Barnett moves on to the lightweight tournament, or uh, the final for the lightweights, which, like I said, he's going to be fighting Johnny Bedford. And I am telling you, I thought the Sam Shoemaker uh, heavyweight final was going to be very entertaining and as far as far as you know knockouts and that didn't live up to my hype this if this don't live up to the hype 
I'm going to be very disappointed. I think this would have the potential to ruin the whole pay-per-view overall because this could be the Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight that BKFC needs to really, really take it to the next step. I mean, they're, they're doing a really good job as far as production now. Um, the arena or wherever they have this, the stadium, whichever, looked very full. So they're starting to get the fans to show up. And again, I'm not saying they're taking the UFC over this 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 year or anything like that, but they're doing it right. They're, they're taking their time, and they're slowly bringing this new sport to the front row for all the fans. And this fight between Reggie Barnett and Johnny Bedford could really take it to the next level. And, you know, as far as me and my fiance, we, we've watched every pay-per-view, I believe it was, except for one, because I was hanging out with our buddy King um, a couple months ago. So she didn't, she couldn't see it. But I'm pretty sure she would take Johnny Bedford because she likes Bedford over Barnett. I may take Barnett. You know, Barnett has the speed. Bedford has the power. Barnett has a little bit of power. Um, but speed kills, you know. So I, I think Barnett is going to be my pick as of right now. We will see when that fight gets announced. Um, hasn't been announced yet when it will be. There's only there's only like two or three fights uh, that have been announced for the next pay-per-view, which is Artem Lobov versus Pauli Malagini, or however you say his name. The little Chihuahua sounding, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, motherfucker. Yeah, that's when I heard that video, it just... I just want to punch him. But after Barnett and the Rusty Crowder fight, before the next fight, the ring announcer said, can I have your attention, please? The president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship has something to say. Gets on the, on the mic, uh, David Feldman, says, you know, uh, Mississippi, are you having a good time? Obviously the crowd, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to say, along the lines of, you know, us here at Bare Knuckle want to always put on entertaining fights. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to, in the future this is what we could keep doing and this and that, the other thing. Unfortunately, that last fight between Reggie Barnett and Rusty Crowder was not that. And because Rusty Crowder decided to run the whole match, he has given up half his purse to Reggie Barnett. Now, first thing that popped out of my mouth was, how is that legal? Because I'm assuming, whether it's UFC, Bellator, bare knuckle, I'm assuming when you sign a contract, you get money to show up, you know, 5000 50000 whatever it would be. And then you would get money if you win. So, I just don't understand how it's legal that he could take that money away. And which, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was the right move as far as uh, the president. Because uh, Rusty Crowder, he didn't fight. He ran. He, he was more like looking like he was uh, want to race Usain Bolt than fight Reggie Barnett. But I'm curious to see if, if 
you know, will this hold up? Or did he say, uh, David Feldman, tell Rusty Crowder, listen, I'm taking you half of your purse. You try to fight this, I'm kicking you out of the of, of the, the league or, you know, the, the company. So that was a big statement. Um, let's see how this all plays out. You know, next pay-per-view is in June. I think it's like June 22nd or so. But then once he got done talking, there was uh, Chase Sherman versus my boy, Sam Shoemaker. Which, by the way, Sam, thanks for liking all my tweets. I always got your back, buddy. <laughs> and this, again, was another entertaining fight. Chase Sherman was definitely the young buck. When you looked at these two, Sam Shoemaker was that that hillbilly that you, you see come out of the woods that you don't want to mess with. In my article that I wrote for Belly Up Sports, if you guys head over there, bellyupsports.com, there's a lot of article, articles there from other people, uh, merchandise there as well. You guys might be interested. But you can also find the article that I wrote uh, previewing this. I was hoping for a new knockout for, for Sam Shoemaker. You know, his first fight from the first pay-per-view, he knocked out the dude in like nine seconds or whatever it was. Um, next fight, I believe he won by decision. Very slow, you know, just chugging along type match. Lost the next match by decision. Won the last one. Uh, by decision, which was close though, it was like a 49-48 type decision. So I was hoping coming into this, he could get back into a um, decisive win. Like, without a doubt, it was his win. Just the opposite happened. It was declared a split draw. And I'll tell you what, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch because... The positives I take out of this for Shoemaker was he had a lot better defense. He had more of a ja uh, jab. He wasn't going for that haymaker, which the jab will set that up. And in the beginning, he was quicker than the young buck. He, that that jab was working until Sherman you know, figured it out a little bit. So he started doing his little bit of jab, cutting the ring off a little bit. But in the end, it was still a good match. Ended up in a split draw. If I was David Fettelman, I would I would play this back. I, I would have this be another uh, Tony Lopez, Joey Beltron from um, the first pay per view, and I believe it was the last pay per view. You know, both both matches were pretty good. After those guys, we had Christine Ferrari versus Britton Hart for the American Women's Featherweight uh, Title. Excuse me while I take a, a drink of my mirror light. Since I'm on a three-day weekend here for Easter holidays, which for our listeners, you know, happy holidays. Now, I was a little confused when I first saw this. I thought this was more of a, a tournament-type deal. And it ended up not being. Christopher Ray, uh defeated Britton Hart by Dr. Stoppage, which wasn't a Dr. Stoppage. What happened was Christine was just 
picking her apart. I had Hart going uh, as the winner because she fought Beck Rollins. She didn't win, but I'll tell you what, she took a lot of good shots, and she gave some good shots too. And I thought she would connect a few times to Christine and, and possibly even knock her out. Unfortunately for Hart, Christine, I mean, just unloaded, uh, you know, a couple, two, three combos or whatever. And the final combo just literally blew Hart's eye up. I mean, the eyeball was bloody, not to be gross. Eyeball was bloody. The eyelid was, it looked like a blood vessel busted or something. Ref called timeout. Took her over to her corner. Um, for all you UFC guys, the cut man Stitch was in her corner. I was trying to fix it, fix it. Finally looked at the ref, said, you know, get the doctor in here. Doctor came in, looked at it. You know, can you can you keep going? Hart obviously as a fighter, he's gonna say yeah. You know, you're you're fighting for a championship here. Why would you say no? You know, leave it all out there. So Hart said, yeah, I could go. Doctor looked at the ref, said, yeah, she could go. And Stitch was like, looked right at the doc, uh, uh, the ref, and was like, no, she can't. And looked right at the doctor, and was like, from what I was trying to read lips, I mean, it's not, it was it wasn't clarified or anything, but. The way I seen it was Stitch looked at the doctor and was like, what are you doing? She can't go on. And luckily, the ref called the match. Fortunately, Hart lost. Crystal Freya is the new American Women's Featherweight Champion. Which should set up a way I look as champ first champ with Beck Rollins. Beck Rollins is the world women's featherweight title holder now this watching Kristen Free and if I'm if I'm saying her name wrong I apologize I'm terrible with names but this could be a very very good fight and Beck Rollins has been impressive over her fights but this could be the fight she loses Christine is, is very quick and obviously powerful enough to stop fighters. Beck Rollins, uh, I think she's three or four fights in, has only stopped maybe two fighters. I know the first fight she stopped. Every other one went to a decision. So I'm curious to see, and I just saw the other day, now, I know I just saw, uh, or I just said that this could be set up to be a champ first champ. I don't think that's what they're aiming for, uh, BKFC, because I saw Beck Rollins said that she had a contract signed for one of, uh, one of the Sorrento sisters, I believe, uh, from boxing. So they might be, you know, bringing more females in to build up that division a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. I think I think Beck said July 5th. So it might be a June pay-per-view and then a July 5th pay-per-view. But, you know, we will see how that goes. Then the co-main event was Chris Lieben versus Justin Baseman. Again, uh, in my article I wrote, I said, you know, when Chris Lieben was in UFC, he was my boy. I, I loved how he fight or fought. 
Um, he, he's, he's a brawler, and he could take a punch. I still remember the one fight. I forget who he was fighting, but, I mean, he was out on his feet. The dude he was fighting just landed five, six different punches and just knocked him out on his feet, and he came out walking like a goddamn zombie and knocked the guy out. Typical Chris Levin knockout, just just lights out. And I said, you know, it's been years since we've seen a Chris Levin knockout like that. And before he joined BKFC, he was fighting for that one promotion that basically folded, didn't pay their fighters or anything, and knocked out a former UFC fighter. Um, oh my God, what's what was his name? I forget his name now, but. I think it was like a former UFC uh, champion back back in the day. And sure enough, bell rings, Lieben and Baseman come out to, to well, to the center of the, the ring and just start throwing. Lieben connects once, rocks Baseman, connects again, lights out. He has the second fastest knockout in BKFC history, 25 seconds it took him. And I'll tell you what, he looked like the Chris Lieben of old in UFC. And this is why I think this is right up his alleyway as far as a sport. He doesn't have to worry about leg kicks. Don't have to worry about takedowns, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, all that. All he has to worry about is boxing. He always had the hands. So this, this is right up his alleyway. And I believe his next fight may be in June as well. They're, they're setting up a fight for him. I'm um, not sure if he has an uh, opponent yet, but I know they said that they're hoping for June for him. And I mean, 25 seconds, he doesn't have a scratch on him, so he could turn around and probably fight next week if he wanted to. But that that fight came on roughly about 11.30 or so at night, and when he knocked out uh, Baseman, I lost my shit. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised I didn't wake up the my kids. Going on to the main event was the other new signee, Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight. I felt a little bad for Jason Knight going into this, this match because all people want to talk about was Lobov versus Pauli Malagini. And the video that popped up uh, earlier in the week that they had a little... Little scuffle, this and that. I mean, I, I was going for Lobov just because Jason Knight wasn't that great of a fighter in UFC. But again, this fight, oh my god. Bell rang, they just started throwing. And that's pretty much how it went for five rounds. Uh, fourth round came, I thought Lobov was done. I, it looked like he was gassed. Jason Knight, he was just loving it. He was He was feeling it. The first, I think the first two rounds I gave Lobov. Third one and the fourth I gave Knight because towards the end of the round, he he just, he came on. And I think he stole those rounds. Fifth round, I think Lobov did enough. Lobov won by unanimous decision, setting up the Paul Malginati, um fight. But to be honest, I would rather see these guys fight it back because it was close I I think I said even on Twitter that I would have been okay even with a draw because it was just that close to me now I took I know some people 
coming back that, you know, why would you want to see that it ran back because it was a unanimous decision? I don't think it was. I, I really honestly think it was a draw just because it was so, so close. So that sets up the Lobov fight in June. Like I said, June, I think it's like 22nd. Um, I believe it's up in the, the Boston area. Some other news uh, that came out of the pay-per-view from David Feldman, the president, they're projected, and this is why I know this is the next big sport. They're projecting to have 18 events next yeah, next year, 2020, and they're still hoping for one event this year over in England, which I would think would be cool as shit because that's where bare-knuckle boxing start it go back to the home grounds will be cool as shit another topic I want to talk about before uh, before we go is the whole TJ Dillashaw suspension thing now I tried to defend him a couple weeks ago that you know maybe he wasn't educated enough and you know, this is his first offense. People mess up. And this and that. Well, unfortunately, this asshole cheated. He he admitted that he cheated. And he didn't only test positive once. He tested positive twice. Some of the, the notes I saw, uh, he, he, you know, he was suspended for two years. Cannot fight until January 18th of 2021. Tested positive for EPO on December 28th of last year and January 18th of this year, which I believe was the the fight with Henry Cujo. Um, He was quoted to say, people tell me I should just disappear and let this stuff die out for two years, but I don't think it's the way to handle this thing. I want to show my son when you make a mistake, face face it face to face. Trust me, I'd love to run away and hide in K for two years. You know what? Dillashaw's 33 years old. People were talking about his legacy. EPO, from my understanding, is a steroid that's very hard to detect unless it's tested strictly for EPO. I just, I, I just don't understand why. And he, he flat out came out and said, "I cheated. I, my, my coaches didn't know about it." My nutritionist, like anybody around me, didn't know about it. Why? You know, I'd rather not win a championship, give it my all. Like Ross, uh, I think it was uh, there was a UFC fighter that's just uh, retired this past week. I forget his name. Damn it, uh, Ross Pearson, I believe it was. Never won a, a title, but I'll tell you what, his fights were entertaining. I'd rather have a career known that I was an entertainer fighter than have to take steroids to win a championship. Like, this kid, this guy, I mean, he's not a kid no more. 33, by the time he's over the suspension, he's going to be 35. He may have one more year left of his uh, prime years, if you want to call it that. But you're going to be gone for two years. It's going to take you another year. I mean, look at Brock Lesnar. Gone for two years, comes back, gets his ass kicked. A big dude like that. You know, it's... 
it's a shame that these guys that willingly know they're, they're, they're cheating think they could get away with it and they never do and I, I just I never liked Dillashaw for some reason something like he was very cocky to me I think you know maybe that's why I didn't like him and his uh, former teammate Cody uh, Garbrandt has been saying for roughly a year or so since he left uh, Dillashaw's team that he he's cheating and he flat out called uh, that he's taking this EPO you know so and the other thing too is that bothers me about this is he tests a positive but yet they won't go back and overturn any of those wins in the past year or two that he's been taking this drug but yet in NC, I know it's a different sport NCAA will go back and take wins, take championships away from colleges that break rules. Cody Gombrandt fought Dillashaw, I believe, twice. Both times, he got knocked out. Did the steroids have anything to do with it? Possibly. You know, it makes you stronger. You can hit harder. You probably knock someone out a lot easier. I would wipe this guy's championships, these, uh, these wins... From the past two years away. Because I forget if it was Connor McGregor's coach or one of the other UFC fighters' coach. If they're suspending him for two years, it should go back two years as well. If they suspend him for one year, it should go back for one year. Whatever matches he fought should be overturned. And unfortunately, it it wasn't. Um, probably isn't going to be. And these fighters are just never going to learn, I, I, I guess. And it's, it's a shame. Now, unfortunately for myself, I did not get a chance to watch the UFC fights from last weekend. And I guess I really missed some good fights. You know, Poirier defeated uh, Holloway for the interim uh lightweight championship and I, I know I, I stay a few times that I don't like how UFC throws the words interim around but for a guy that's 30 years old been fighting since 2011 well deserved you know he's another guy that actually I could respect and get behind because after every fight he actually auctions off his fight gear and gives it to uh, charity. Whatever money he makes, he gives to charity. Um, the other fight was Gastelum versus uh, the new champ. Some of the, the clips I saw. Man, the, the back elbows that the kid was throwing at Gastelum. And now he wants to fight John Jones, which, you know, maybe back off a little bit there for a little bit. Because I don't think anybody's touching John Jones as much as I don't like him. He could have been the greatest if he wasn't testing positive left and right. He's always going to be tainted, I guess, in a way, you could say. But, so like I said, this was for the interim lightweight championship because Habib Nurmagomedov is on suspension right now. And with this fight with Poirier winning, 
possibly sets up the unification belt with Habib. Which, again, goes back. Does Where does Connor go now? I know Connor's coach came out and said it seems like Connor has the, the fire relit underneath him, but I really don't think Connor wants to fight anymore. I, I think he just wants to keep his name relevant by trash talking a little bit with, with these UFC fighters um, just to sell some more wine and whiskey and you know things like that. Now, Poirier versus Habib, I, I actually think that could be a good fight. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think that could be a good fight. I, I, if Max won, I just think Max is more suited to be a 145er. I don't think he's big enough to be a 155. And if you look at Poirier, I mean, he, he looks thick. He looks more like a 155er than a 145er. So... I believe that fight won't happen until late fall because I think Habib is allowed back in November. So, you know, we'll have to stick around and see how that goes for those two fighters. I'm not sure if Poirier is going to want to do another fight beforehand. But I believe that's going to be it for this, well, for tonight. Uh, Like I said, I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with a special guest. We're going to have some hockey talk. Uh, NFL schedule was released last night. Chris Davis finally got hit, a home run. Tomorrow is going to be the big night for, for topics to talk about. So until then, this is your good friend Jibbo signing out.